Welcome to the 1K Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Fleming, and this is a podcast all about showing you how to make money from home while you are raising kids and building your business. This is a show where we will talk about the mindset, the strategy, and the tactics on how you can begin to monetize your brilliance. Hey, 1K Moms, today on the podcast, I have Melissa Morris. She is a business operations consultant. She helps busy online entrepreneurs implement systems and automation into their businesses by reducing overwhelming and priming them for growth. Melissa, she loves karaoke, guys, which is cool. She loves sushi and spending time with her husband and two kids. Melissa, I'm so excited to chat with you today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me, Katie. I've been looking forward to this this week. Yes. Well, okay. Two things. First of all, you're a fellow Gator fan, which is exciting. Go Gators. Yes. And number two, I'm curious, what is that go-to karaoke song for you? Mm, Devil Went Down to Georgia. Nice. Every time. That or if I'm feeling particularly crazy, Vanilla Ice. Ice Ice Baby. Nice. Nice. And do you have an alto voice? You kind of have like that smooth, lower voice. I can't sing well at all. Oh, <laughs> so but you just like karaoke. That, I love karaoke, but I like really can't sing very well at all. And that's really why I pick the songs that I do because there are songs you can kind of talk through, kind of rap through. And I always tell people who don't like karaoke, all you have to do is pick a crowd pleaser and you're good, right? Yeah. So I mean, think about Monica from Friends. <laughs> thank you. Right. Exactly. So that's, that's hilarious. That's where that comes from. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, tell us real quick, just kind of a little more about you and your family and things maybe that you didn't share in that bio. Yeah. So I am a mom of two. I have a four-year-old daughter and then a two-year-old boy. And I used to work in the advertising industry. I was in the ad world for a good 10 years. And a couple of years ago, I resigned my position when, when baby number two came and I decided that I was done, um, you know, being kind of a, a slave to that industry, the ad industry can be a bit demanding. And, you know, we always joke, like, how are there advertising emergencies? How does this, <laughs> how does this always happen? But there always were. And um, it was just time to be my own boss. And I actually resigned my position thinking I was going to be like a marketing consultant and a, like a social media manager. And what I found though, is I started working with a lot of small business owners or entrepreneurs and they started asking me for help in other areas of their business, really kind of these fundamental like business systems and processes because I'm just very good at it. I think for a couple of reasons in my experience in the ad agency, I was the account executive. So I was managing, you know, six figures worth of media every month and timelines and deadlines and, you know, a dozen clients. So to survive, I had to get really good at systems and processes for myself and then also client management, which plays a big role in, um, you know, keeping your business from getting really overwhelmed. And I just kind of started to help, you know, local business owners do that, you know, just kind of help them get these things set up in their business. And I realized how much I loved it. And that that was really what excited me about my job, even when I've worked at the ad agency. 
And so I kind of decided that was my, my real future. And I've been, you know, pressing forward full speed ahead ever since. Yeah. Well, take me, take me like on a typical job for you. Like what, what kind of things do you take those clients through? So it's, it starts with a lot of questions really and truly. So, you know, a lot of times when someone comes to me, they're just feeling really overwhelmed and they're not really sure what the problem is. And that's where this kind of questioning and this kind of overview of what their business looks like. So I try to take them through a series of questions and processes or a series of questions to identify which processes that their business is actually lacking. And so a lot of times it's, it's some of the client processes I find, especially in the beginning stages for business owners, things like client onboarding processes, client management, these are often areas that are causing a lot of stress and overwhelm for business owners. So the first questions I typically ask are, um, what is the most overwhelming part of your business right now? You know, is it keeping up with work? Is it keeping up with content? Um, where are things getting stalled? Where are things taking longer than you feel like they should, you know, than they really should be? Where are those bottlenecks happening? And then once they start answering those questions, I can usually start to identify which system in their business is lacking and where we need to work and refine it. I love that. Well, you know, the first question I've got is, is what are those things that typically trip up new business owners? Sure. So there are a couple of things that a lot of new business owners don't do, and it really hurts them, right? So one of the big ones is they don't have a home base. And Every business needs a home base and this business home base should be, and it doesn't have to be something complicated or fancy or an expensive software. I'm talking even something as basic as a Google sheet. Trello is absolutely free. Asana, any of these, but somewhere where you are keeping all of your important documents, where you're keeping track of things that you're doing, where you're keeping track of blog posts that you're writing, where you're keeping track of, what where your clients are and what you're doing from them again this doesn't have to be an overly complicated process but you need a space where everything lives and exists right right so what kind of just run down real quick what kind of things will we put in there so you definitely want to have passwords yeah passwords any like login type information any of that stuff that's going to come up where you're going to say, oh, I can't remember that, right? Yeah. So again, like those logins, um, any resources that you might have. I even just have a Trello board for myself on, you know, so Shiny Bobble is such a issue, right? For entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the beginning, we can get um, sidelined by a blog post and now we're like down the rabbit hole of this. So actually what I did is I even created the Trello board of, resources. And so what would happen is, is when I happen upon this blog post or this freebie or whatever, that got me really excited. I thought, Oh, I want to now like explore everything there is to know about this little topic. I would like, okay, pause, like I'm not going to do this. And I would take the link, take the PDF or whatever, and drop it in that Trello board. So Mm -hmm. now I also have like a resources board and it's organized by content. It's organized by sales funnels, social media, And so I have a category for each one of these. And as those resources pop up, I just link into them and drop them in there so that when I am ready to dig into that part of my business, I already have this stockpile of resources available. So 
specific things for your business, but then also you're going to want a space for your clients too, where you're keeping track of your client contracts. That's a good thing to have in there. Um, any timelines, um, deadlines that you've given clients, proposals that you have outstanding, people you've sent, you know, sent information to and you're waiting to hear back from them. All of this stuff is a great place to keep track of because if you're not, that's when all of a sudden you go, oh, wait, I did have this proposal out three weeks ago and I never heard back from them. And you may have missed your window now where if you'd have been on top of that, you'd have had a client, right? Right. Yeah. So home base, that's big. You know, I've got my home base in Asana and it's just, it's a board in Asana. So it it kind of looks like Trello for Mm -hmm. all you Trello fans. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's got, you know, a column for affiliate links. It's got a column for passwords. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, I kind of think of it this way. What do I need a new staff member to know when they come onto my team? Like if we bring a new VA on, I want to set up that home base section to where they can kind of just plug and play and they, they know very easily how to get situated with working with us. Exactly. So I love that you mentioned that. And what are some other mistakes new business owners can make? Um, Another big mistake is they're not documenting how they're handling their clients. Um, And again, this isn't anything that has to be overly sophisticated or complex, but getting a real handle on what you need from a client, how long it takes to work with a client, um, these are two really key things, and these are also really important things to keep you on track so that projects don't start taking lo- much longer than they actually need to. And this is really important too to keep from overbooking yourself, right? So I worked with a photographer, and you know she was constantly struggling with being overbooked and behind in work and constantly in this kind of feast or famine phase. And so I asked her, well, how long does it take you to turn around a project, right? She had no idea and she had been in business for years and she had just not sat down and kind of thought through that moment and said, well, how long does it really take? And once we were able to identify that from the time the contract is signed to the time she delivers completed proofs, ready to go, this was actually like a six to eight week process. When she gave me a guess, she said three weeks. Well, now it's really easy to see how she kept getting herself overbooked and overscheduled because she really didn't have a clear idea of how long it took her to move a client from start to finish. So documenting that is super, super powerful to keep you from getting overbooked and also to prevent some of this feast or famine because that contributes to that problem when you're working like crazy, keeping up with your client work. Well, now marketing falls to the wayside, right? Yeah. Well, then you catch up on all your client work and all of a sudden you're like, oh, now I don't have any clients. Market like crazy, market like crazy, market like crazy. Now I have a bunch of clients and now you're stuck in this crazy like little hamster wheel. But if you had a better balance, right? right. Uh, client work, marketing, and you really had a good idea of what you could handle, your life would be so much easier and your your revenue would be far more consistent. Yeah, I love that. I love workflows. That's like my favorite thing ever is is writing out these workflows because there's something cool about when you actually sit down and think about it, you can start to notice an efficiency pretty quickly. You can start to see where you've got to fix some problems. You can start to see how you can batch things together uh, with client work. So you can even shorten that length a little bit. So I love that. Exactly. And I always say you can't refine a process until you've defined it. And exactly Mm -hmm. that, like, until you've actually taken the steps to write everything down, 
you don't see where, oh, this is a this is a phase in the process where I keep getting behind because I always forget to ask the client to do X, Y, or Z. Or X, Y, or Z always takes a week longer than it really should. And so you can't refine or find a place to automate. You know, if you're like, oh, I really do send the same email to every single client and I'm retyping it every single time. That's a waste. That's inefficient. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're like a designer or something, you're going to be requesting the same things Mm -hmm. from your clients to start begin creating those deliverables. Mm -hmm. Um, So automating with emails, canned email responses, softwares like Dubsado do this. I'm not sure if you use that one Mm -hmm. um, or what you'd recommend, but yeah, getting those workflows down is huge. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, like you said, creating those checklists and those templates, that's where true efficiency starts coming into play. And you always feel like you have a better handle on your work too, right? When you know exactly where to go, exactly where to pull it. And then as your business grows, this is also where you can ask people for help. You know, I love that you said, like, I have this home base where if I bring on a VA or a new employee, they have a spot to go. Well, that's the same thing. If you feel overworked and you say, okay, I'm going to hire a VA to help me out even for a couple of times a week. How easy is it going to be to just give them a checklist and say, okay, this is what needs to get done. Can you go make this happen for me? Yeah. And what's your favorite way of documenting? Are you like a fancy PDF girl or you videos? What is your go-to way of documenting your process? I'm a big talker. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not as much of a writer. So I, I'm definitely more likely to have a video yeah. than written, any sort of written down instructions. I'm also a big checklist person too, because of the fact that I don't like to write. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, if I can make it bullet points or if I can make it checklist, it's easy. And it's just easier for people to consume in that way too. So, mm-hmm. and that's another thing about a process for your business keep it simple. If it feels like it's too much work, if you don't want to do it, if it feels confusing, it's not a good system. It should make your life easier. It should make your client's life easier. And if it's not, then you need to revisit it and you need to come back and really examine why you have set these parameters and, and put these steps in. Yeah. I love it. All right. So are there any more mistakes those first time business owners make? So, Let me think here. I know we talked about the home base. We talked about, oh, another big one is setting expectations for clients. I knew there was another one I wanted to talk to, to, uh, speak on. So we're very excited, right? When we first start a business and we're working with clients, we're bringing people on and we tend to fall into this, the customer's always right trap. And the sure I'll answer the email at nine o'clock at night because I want them to be happy and I want them to give me referrals. And what we fail to do at that stage is to set appropriate expectations and boundaries with our clients. And the real funny part is, is we think by doing that, by kind of setting these expectations or boundaries that we're going to turn off our clients, right? That they're going to think, Oh, I don't want to work with them because they may take 24 hours to respond to my email but it's actually exactly the opposite. Clients need to know the rules of the game, right? Like clients are like children. (laughs) Yes. They need to know the rules. They're happier when they know the rules. They have more confidence in, in you when they know the rules, they feel better when they know what to expect and they're less likely to email you three or four times a day or call you all the time because they know what's going on. Right. And you have, 
laid this groundwork and they think, oh, well, she's got this. She has a system for this. She's got a process for this. I don't need to worry that something's going to fall through the cracks or I don't need to worry that she's forgotten about me because she made it very clear up front what working with her was going to look like. One of the most important processes a service-based business has is a client onboarding process. Like one of the most important because it literally lays the foundation for what your relationship with that client is going to look like. And that is where you set the tone for how quickly you're going to respond to them. Give them an idea of how long this project is going to take. That's something else, you know, we get afraid of. We think, oh, this is going to take six or eight, you know, six or eight weeks. And I don't want to say that and make them feel like it's going to take too long. So I'm just not going to say anything at all. Right. And then now they're left wondering, well, when, when is this going to happen? When am I going to get my project? What's going on? And, and it's important for them to know because if they need the website in four weeks and you can't deliver it in four weeks, then unfortunately that is a client you have to say goodbye to because you're not going to provide proper customer service to them and it's not going to end well. Right. So you'd rather everybody know up front that this is a doable project for you and it meets their deadlines and expectations because that's how you're going to walk away with a happy customer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Do you, sorry. Do you think every, every um, client onboarding process looks the same or is this very, very unique to each business? I wouldn't like, say is there a general framework. I, there's absolutely a general framework. Absolutely. Um, you know, there are going to be some outliers or maybe unique things to a specific business, but generally speaking, a client onboarding process is going to be very similar. So when you first bring on a client, one of the first things you want to do is get all of those, those little small things out the billing information, the login, the contract signed, all these little things that just come up right at the beginning that take a lot of time, but unfortunately just are important and really need to be done. But if you can make that as quick and as painless as possible, even better. Because the last thing you want is when you bring on a client, and this is why we have the tendency to shy away from doing these things, is because then we feel like, oh, I'm just going to put a lot of work on the client, or oh, they're not going to want to sign the contract. Maybe I'll just go ahead and get started. And and then this is where we open up the door for trouble, right? Yeah. But if we develop a way where we can do this quickly, efficiently, then it doesn't feel scary to us. The client doesn't feel like they have a big burden on them and you're good to go. So I always recommend a welcome email. And I kind of try and if you have, if you are one of the businesses where you have a lot of things you're going to need from the client, you break it up into two chunks. So you do the welcome email and you include in there a few very, some of the very simple things that you know they can sit down and they can knock out in like 10 minutes and fire off to you. And then you have them schedule an onboarding phone call with you. And then you actually get on the phone with them and you take 20 or 30 minutes and just talk them through the stuff that maybe is going to feel a little more like a burden Mm -hmm. on them. Because if you're holding their hand and walking them through it, they're already feel like they're being supported. They're already recognizing the help that you're providing to them. And suddenly it doesn't feel like they're doing all this work by themselves. And now you've locked up the phone call with them they're getting some of that face time with you and they're now even more committed, right? There's not going to be this like, oh, I guess uh, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't really want to do that, which is what we get afraid of. You don't have to be afraid of that because we're on the phone with them, right? They're, yeah. That's not an issue anymore. So welcome email. If you have a lot, if it is a lot that you need from a client firsthand, then you're going to follow that up with 
with the welcome phone call, right? And get all of that little stuff taken care of. Another thing I love to do is you can include this in your welcome email, but kind of let them know what the expectation is. Hey, I'm super excited to get started. This project's gonna take about X number of weeks. This is how often you can expect to hear from me. We're gonna have a weekly meeting or a weekly wrap up email, or I want you to know that I'm gonna take the next couple weeks and I'm really gonna be doing a lot of research from you, but you can expect to hear from me like the week of whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So then that takes, that takes the stress off you and that lets them know what's going on. Because if you know you need a couple of weeks to do some research and do some legwork, tell them that. They're okay with that. They don't mind. What they're going to get frustrated with is when three, four, five days go by and they haven't heard anything. And they think, well, I just wrote you a nice check. Where's my work? Yeah. What's going on? And now they're emailing you. And now you're feeling stressed out and thinking, oh, gosh, I got to get this done. I've got to get this done right now. And now you're putting this unrealistic deadline on yourself because you never let them know upfront what was going on. So tell them in the beginning, this is how long it's going to take. This is when you're going to hear from me. And if you need to reach out to me, this is the best way to do it. So those are a couple of key, key things for a client onboarding process. I love it. That'll save so much stress on all ends of the the parties. Um, You know, I can think back to when I worked with a great PR girl, she was very upfront about, okay, I'm going to spend like that time researching. And then in two weeks, you'll hear from me or schedule your call for two weeks and we'll get, you know, but it was very, very clear up front her process. Um, And she definitely had her systems down on the back end. She used Dubsado for contract signing, which is super easy, kind of Mm -hmm. seamlessly integrated in there. Um, yeah. So that's really like the first kind of experience I had with somebody who was doing it well. And I can and definitely so see how it's important. As a client I mean, confident. I don't know that I necessarily was aware of it, but I would say definitely confident and um, felt like I made the right decision about who to go with. There you go. And did you feel, you know, by hearing, oh, this might take a couple of weeks. Did you think, well, forget it. She can't do it in time or no. like, right. You're like, oh, okay. I know what to expect. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, this has been so great. So the three things we really need to think about as new business owners that are listening is that home base, Mm -hmm. right? And then we've got documenting all the processes, the workflows, the systems. And I love what you said, how you can't refine it until you define it. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, setting those expectations early on and probably frequently too, right? Yeah. You know, it's never a continuous process. Exactly. If, you know, especially if you're going to be working with clients for an extended period of time, you know, if you're going to be working on a project for six or eight weeks up front, probably a lot of that is going to be laid out. But if you're the type of uh, service provider where you're going to be working with a client for six, seven, eight months, um, you, there are ways you can kind of gently remind a client who's maybe getting a little unruly on you and they're starting to send a lot of emails I always tell clients when they have someone who's wanting to send lots of emails and they're asking for them to complete a task like right then and there, that really doesn't need to be completed right then and there. I always tell them when you get that email that says, can you do X, Y, and Z say, absolutely. I'm going to put this on our agenda and we're going to talk about it at our next meeting on date. Right. You show, I love you. I want to take care of you and we're going to talk about it at the designated time. 
I love that. I love that. It's brilliant wording to write down in like my Trello resource board, right? (laughs) Exactly. So before we head on into like the last four questions, I do have one more brief one for you. What is your favorite system to refine for somebody? It's, do you have one? It's a, it's a tie actually. The client systems are my favorite. Um, so it would be a tie between the client onboarding system, I think mostly because I know how important it is, and um, and the client management system, for sure. Just client communication and, you know, some of these little tips and tricks like we talked about. I have a lot of tricks, too, for, um, like, email subject lines to use, ways to format your emails so that you're staying in control, right, that you're keeping control of the client because, again, that's what the client's paying you for. Like we always think as the business owner or the service provider that the client doesn't want us to tell them what to do and they don't want any rules. That's exactly what they want. Like (laughs) they have paid you to handle this for them and they want to feel like it's all taken care of. Um, So I I have some kind of tips tips and tricks on how to stay in that control, but also provide that customer service and not have it come across feeling like, authoritarian or you're, you know, you're telling them what to do. Yeah. I love it. Sounds awesome. Well, let's head into those last four questions. So first one, what is one mom and business owner hack to help others manage motherhood and business? Well, Oh, so I'm sorry. Ask me that again. One mom or business owner hack to help others manage motherhood and business. Well, um, so for me, this is going to sound so silly. Post-it notes, (laughs) post-it notes. So being a mom and a business owner, that means sometimes you're doing both of these things at the same time, right? And we have to be really efficient. So what I love to do is I have post-it notes on my fridge, actually. There's the Target post-it note. There's the Publix, obviously the grocery list. Then I may have uh, like the Hobby Lobby or the Northwest side of town post-it note. And as I'm bustling around the house and a chore comes up, a Uh, something we get an invite to a birthday party right first thing I do I'm like are we going to the birthday party we're going to the birthday party I write on my target list birthday gift for friend right Mm -hmm. so next time I'm at target I'm getting absolutely everything I need now I'm not running back and forth to the store oh I forgot the birthday present oh I actually need this too it's constantly being compiled there um so I have a couple for the stores that I know I can get a lot of stuff at and then I'll also have some for certain parts of town. Like if I've got to go to the south side of town, well, next time I'm over there, I know I need to go into Lowe's and get this and hop over to Hobby Lobby to pick up whatever so I can batch those tasks. I love that. It's brilliant. Yeah, I ordered some post-its the other day on Amazon and my husband's like, really? Why? Come on. Why not? They're colorful and they're, Mm. leave me alone. (laughs) They're literally like all over my fridge. All of Do you back. have the magnetic ones or are they just the sticky ones? Just the sticky and they just, and I just scratch them out and they're great too. I can just rip them off, put them in my pocket and off I go. It's, it's like so simple. And then I can just toss them away. Right. Like I don't, yeah. Have to, or it, yeah, it's amazing. I love that. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you could do it all over again, what would you tell yourself or what would you start with? Oh, I, you know, I learned the hard way on the document things right from the beginning. And that's why I included that in this um, because to start off with, you are just in such like go mode and you're growing and maybe you're pivoting and changing and you forget to take a minute and say, okay, what am I doing? 
Like, what is what does each phase of this look like? What does each step of this look like? And I, you know, and I don't spend a ton of time on it now. But when I start a new initiative, whether it's you know, like I've started doing Facebook Lives regularly, hey, let's take 15 or 20 minutes and just really think about what this means. Like, what do I have to do for each one of them? How long is it going to take me to do? And that just helps me plan my time so much better. So, yeah, I would have started doing that with the little tasks within my business much sooner than I did. Yeah, and I love that because, I mean, it's easy to think, oh, I'll just do a Facebook Live and that, that's it. I'm, I'm only spending like 15 minutes a week doing that. But you've trained yourself to think through what that whole process looks like. We've got to, you know, edit the thumbnail image and edit the text and pull down the video and store it wherever we store it. You know, there's a lot more things that go into that and if we're just like just throwing things on our plate all of a sudden we wonder why we're so stressed and not getting exactly exactly and we had in our mind oh a 15 minute facebook live and we're like oh my gosh why is this taking twice as long yeah and why am i getting behind and that's exactly why yeah love it all right well what is your favorite app software or system that you'd recommend right now that's a tough one for a girl like me huh i know oh how about we say this? You can't say Trello or Asana because everybody else does that. I know. I know. Um, what would be my one? And it has to be a software or an app? Yeah. Or a system. A system. I'm really obsessed with my new Panda Planner. And that's Do like what? a hard book thing. It's called the Panda Planner. Oh, a Panda Planner. I thought you said piano player. I'm like, no, okay. Panda? Like the bear? Planner? never heard of this. It's amazing. Okay. It is like, a, it's like if power sheets and your planner had like a love child, because mm. there's a monthly section, a weekly section and a daily section. And there are spots for putting your goals each day and affirmation for the day where you can put your grateful for the day. But then there's also where you can schedule and put your priorities mm. um, for each day and you can break it down by week. It's amazing. I cheated a little bit. It's not technically a software or an app, but it's amazing. And I really feel like it has super, super improved my productivity. And I felt like I was already a pretty productive person too. Um, And that makes me want to say, you know, we sometimes feel because we have the ability to have an app or a software that we have to use it. But a lot of people are very pen to paper friends people. Well, I was just about to ask you, is this your first planner back to paper? It is in a while. It is. Yeah. And I've really been very, very happy with it. And I just know so many people try to do something online, whether it's planner or calendar or whatever, and it doesn't work for them because they're really just pen to paper kind of people. And so that's something you should consider when you're thinking about a process for your business and what tool you're going to use in that process. Because if you're a big time pen to paper person, putting all of your to do's in Trello is probably going to leave you in a bad scene because you're not going to go in and do it. But then, you know, vice versa. Some people are very like tech savvy, totally for it. And that's how I adopted my. Then there's the hybrids, right? Hybrids. Yeah, absolutely. Because obviously I have tons of Trello boards and I love this. Dubsado is an amazing tool also. That's absolutely one I would recommend for service based. Um, entrepreneurs, the automation involved in that, um, and some of the capabilities, and, and they're adding on regularly. And I'm also like crazy obsessed with Acuity. I think it's like 
acuity is the jam. Yeah, um, yeah. So those are two that I, I really love. And then my panda planner, for sure. Yes, paper planners. I've always been a huge fan. I love tech too, but there's just something about it for me. I mean, as you can see in the background here, I've got a, where is it? There it is, post-it note. Mm-hmm. Big, huge post-it note on the wall. And, you know, my husband's like, you have journals, you have things, you have normal paper. Like, why do you need that? But it's just something about this big, huge white piece of paper that I can just map out some huge thing. Um, that does, it doesn't work the same way if I open a sauna or if I open a notebook. It just doesn't come out. And that's so smart that you know that about yourself, right? That's really great. And that's something that we all should do is think, how do I want to do this and, and do it that way? And, you know, I, I think I meant to say this before, like with the post-it notes on the fridge, that actually started as notes in my phone. Like I would just have like, I'm like, oh, well, my phone's always with me and I always have these notes with me. I could not remember for the life of me to type the thing into my phone. Or what would happen is then, you know, my phone's in the other room yeah. Or the kids are like your phone and now they want to watch a video or whatever. And it just, it just didn't work for me. But that post-it note right on the fridge. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I always remember that. So. That's a good point to make because so often like on this podcast or on Instagram stories or wherever, I might share a system or some kind of tactic that works for me. And if you're listening or watching, like it may not fully make sense, but take the overarching premise of it and just adapt it to you. Yeah. Like yeah. it could be an Evernote on your phone or it could be the post-it like Melissa's saying, like whatever it is, like figure out what works for you. Just take the overarching idea. That's smart. Yes, exactly. Alrighty. So last question, what is the best book you've read and what are you looking forward to reading soon? I read Essentialism. Well, I listened to Essentialism. <laughs> Um, not that long ago, and I, I don't read. I listen. I don't <laughs> fall asleep when I try and read, so I have to listen to all my audiobooks. <laughs> um, hashtag mom life, right? Yes. Um, and I thought I really, really enjoyed that book. So the idea of essentialism is just thinking back to like what's really important and what is the priority now. And it's a super great read for, I think, a lot of business owners who do want to get distracted by things and who feel like more, more, more is what's going to make their business bigger and better because that's not always the case. Um, And so it talks a lot about, you know, to focusing on the most important things, right? And it talks to about sometimes like eliminating things as a task and see, does it make a difference if I take out this thing? And um, I just really enjoyed it, and I, I would highly recommend that. That's awesome. So that's the second time somebody's recommended it this week. This really? is, uh, yeah. If you're listening to this on the podcast, I can't remember if Melissa's podcast came first or if Sarah's is coming first. But I do record these in the same week, and it's funny that that's the second time this has been recommended. It's kind of like I, you know, it's what is he saying? It he says it. Um, do less but better. Yeah. Do less but better. And I was like, man, that is so super smart. And that, so I, when I feel myself maybe feeling overwhelmed by a project or feeling like, oh, I've got to do, you know, all the things I'm like, no, no, no. Okay. Do less less but better. better. Like do less but better. (laughs) I love it. So cool. Well, tell everybody who's listening where they can find you online and connect with you. Yeah. So my website is Melissa V. Morris. That's a V in the middle, not a B. And you can find me on Facebook at follow Melissa V. Morris. And then it was MelissaVMorris.com. Mm-hmm. 
Love it. And I think Melissa's got a freebie for us. She's got her onboarding on geez, Louise onboarding <laughs> onboarding checklist and sample welcome email for you guys. So if you work with clients, definitely hop over. Uh, that's at Melissa V slash one K mom. Yes. And of course we'll link all that up for you guys that are listening. Awesome. Well, it has been so great talking. I Loved having a fellow Gator and a Jacksonville-ish. You're, I'm going to call you Jacksonville-ish. Close enough, yeah. Because you're, you're kind of pretty much I like here. it. I like it. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. If you loved this show, help me spread the word to all your other mama friends by taking a screenshot of the show today and posting it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag me at Katie Fleming and let me know what you love. I'd love to feature you on my stories as well when you do that. So if you have not joined our community, go to 1kmomtribe.com. This is a free Facebook community of women who are getting it done in their business and in their family. See you inside.